Hey everyone, I'm Andy Kraft. And I'm Aaron Kraft. Welcome to the Health Hacked Podcast. Hey, do you want to talk about Aura Ring? New Aura Ring? We haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Let, let me pull it, actually pull it up first. Guys. I want to look at the uh, specifically what's new in it. Yeah, I, I wasn't able to sit in on... I know they did like a live stream thing to to launch the new, new Aura Ring and didn't yeah. have a chance, but I saw some new uh like new features like i think they're doing as you're pulling it up i I know one of the things was constant hrv monitoring right uh yeah heart heart rate 24 7 heart rate monitoring because you before i think it only took your heart rate at night so you'd wake up and you have your you'd have your like average heart rate overnight so it'd be like your average heart rate last night was 54 and then you wouldn't know what it was until the next morning so now you can just anytime, like I guess anytime, open the app and see what your heart rate is in that moment, which is nice for when you're working out. Yeah, yeah, I think they're trying to turn it more into a fitness tracker because before it would it would measure your while while you're doing an exercise or while you were sleeping. If you just mm-hmm. randomly wanted to measure your like heart rate, you have to go to like a med the meditation aspect, like the moment. Yeah. Piece. Yeah. And then you'd like sit still for ten minutes or something like that. Right. And it just wasn't ideal. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then I think they're doing more, they say like introducing seven temperature sensors. So I guess making the temperature more uh, accurate, which I think they say they're going to, they're going to use for like better cycle tracking for females. Um, what else? I mean, it wasn't a huge update and visually it's the same exact ring. It looks identical. Which, I mean, it's an impressively small ring. It, it is thicker than your typical wedding band, but it is impressively small for how much tech is in there. I didn't really expect them to be able to like no. make it much thinner than it already is. Um, I don't. I, anyone who has, so this is a third generation, anyone who has a second generation, I don't probably think it's not worth the upgrade from two to three. Um, Do you know how know much, you, is it the same price? Is it like 400 bucks? Yeah, 300, which is, 300. is the same price. And... They are adding on a uh, a subscription on top of that, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's, that was like the one big thing why I liked Aura Ring versus Whoop yeah. because Whoop you're just paying permanently, but you don't have to pay for the band for Whoop, so you're paying for the ring and for a subscription. Yeah, yeah, it sucks, but I mean it's cheap. It's four. It's either four ninety nine or five ninety nine okay. a month. But yeah, you pay, you're paying three hundred for the device, and then on top of that, a monthly subscription. So I, I didn't like that. Um, yeah, and I know they're adding more to the app, like more, I don't know, whatever, algorithm. Yeah. More features mm-hmm. in the app, which will probably only apply to the... Right. Or but just better data, I guess. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's uh, I'm glad they're continuing to make these and that, like they're doing well as a company because it's, it's our favorite uh, fitness tracker by far. I get wellness tracker. It's not, it's actually not a great fitness tracker because it's a metal ring and people yeah. don't like to use it using like while you're using a barbell or, or dumbbells but um yeah yeah no it's good for sleep i've i gotta admit i've kind of just stopped looking at it <laughs> and yeah probably will stop with a newborn baby on the way like the past month has just been crazy with moving in and getting projects and trying to get ready mm. for the um the new baby and it's like I, I know i didn't get good sleep last night i'm tired i'm not even gonna look at it <laughs> and my sleep's been trash yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't always need the ring to tell you you slept terrible. You just sometimes you just know. Sometimes you know, but that's okay. Yeah, dude, we're like one. I guess as of the time it's recording, like six days away from the due date. Oof, man. And you uh, excited and nervous or both? 
I'm really not nervous. I'm excited. I'm yeah, I'm like ready good. for for him to get here. I'm really pumped about yeah. it. Now Katie's nervous because she actually has to <laughs> birth this thing, <laughs> but, right? Uh, and I'm nervous for her in the sense of like I know it's gonna be it's gonna be rough, mm-hmm. and all I can do it that that's one of the things I'm not looking forward to is like seeing her go through this because nothing you can you do know, about it. No, and like we've had to watch all these birthing videos, and it's like oh man, like it is brutal. <laughs> Yeah, and just watching her go through that, not being able to do anything, will suck. But mm-hmm. part of the process. So you have your, uh, you get your go bag ready. I do. I got my snacks in there. I got uh, <laughs> some beef jerky. Nice. I got the Dukes. You know the the Duke Duke sticks. Is, yeah. Um, I have some Lara bars. I have some edamame, some dried edamame. I'll throw in some apples. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. But no, no birthing playlist. <laughs> no, she said she didn't want to do music. Yeah, so I don't know. Element. They actually, they actually tell us to drink Element like during labor. Like our, um, she has like a birthing coach, and one of the tips is like Element. Like not not just electrolytes. Like actually, like they list the it brand element. element. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. And actually, I'm thinking. Um, it's a good segue. I'm thinking about just handing out Element for Halloween. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. I can get people hooked on it. Yeah. I mean, I've, and I don't know. I truly don't know if that much sodium is bad for kids. I can't imagine that it would be like. I mean, it can't be as bad as the amount of sugar that they're getting. No, that's what, like, I was <laughs> mentioning to Katie. It's like, maybe you can just hand out Element because I don't want to hand out. I'm not handing out Snickers. Right, right. And she's like, can kids eat that? And I was like, can kids eat Snickers? I mean, we know (laughs) for a fact that those are bad for us, like the braces and everything. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. And, uh, you know, I mean, when kids come to your door and they're coming to a stranger's house and they're taking whatever you're giving them, it's like you're kind of consenting to, uh, you know, give it a a shot. So, Mm -hmm. um, no, I don't know if I'll actually hand out Element, (laughs) but if you need some Element to hand out for... uh, Halloween, drinklmd.com slash health act. Yeah. Actually, this will be past Halloween. So Thanksgiving. For Thanksgiving, instead of bringing, uh, you know, everyone, family Thanksgiving always brings something. Instead of bringing like the, you know, microwavable Bob Evans and passing it off as your own, just <laughs> bring some element for the family. And, uh, oh, they're actually coming out with a new flavor. Are we allowed to say that? Uh, I, mm, I don't think yet. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Not that I know of. We'll, All right. We'll hold, hold off on that a hold little bit. It might maybe by the time this comes out, they'll have released it. But uh, yeah, new. I guess we can say kind of a holiday flavor. Yeah. To tease it a little bit. So we'll give you more updates on that. Um, yeah. And you know, one of the one of the great things about Element is like they pay us. So <laughs> I don't. I mean, I think we've explained how it works, but basically, like we get. I'll just say it. we get 15% of the orders that you place gives a little kickback to us, a little commission. And we obviously actually like really like the product. We use that to pay for our like editing software, our podcast hosting, the, the newsletter email platform. But what's great about them and like the, not, not every company does this, but they pay us. So like they, they'll actually pay us. Um, you know, a lot of companies, like a lot of podcast sponsors, they like, will they'll sign contracts and they just ghost you. <laughs> Not Element. Element does not do that. Like, we're also not speaking from experience. Uh, oh no, no, no! Of, of course not. 
yeah, Element is great. They're a great company, great people. Check it out. DrinkElementT.com slash health hacked. All, All right. right. We've been uh, rambling for minutes now, so let's let's dive into let's the get into episode. it. Um, so what we wanted to talk about today, something we we've, we've seen a lot uh, after doing all this research for Health Act every month. One thing that keeps popping up is omega-3 and just how important of a nutrient it is for um, overall health, brain health being one of them, which we're going to get into. But like the more I see research on this, the more I believe that omega-3s are one of the most important nutrients that, that our body needs. Um, we've, we've, posted a lot of in, in the health hack newsletter, we've written a lot about omega threes as the studies have come up and it's, it's powerful. I've definitely started to prioritize it the more I read up on it. And we wanted to kind of do a omega three one-on-one today and like why it's so important. So there are a couple different types of omega threes. Aaron, why don't you give us a rundown of like the, I guess the three big ones. Yeah. So I guess in general, omega threes are essential fatty acids, uh, meaning essential, meaning that they are needed for our health, but cannot be made by our body. So they must be like the only way to get omega-3s are to consume them through diet. And there are a lot of different types. There's actually 11 different types of omega-3, but really three of them are the only ones you kind of hear about. The others are um, very uh, in, in small amounts. You, you don't really need a ton of them. They're kind of, and they're also also often found alongside of the three main ones. So the two you probably have heard of are EPA and DHA. These are the two most common, and these are the ones that you get from consuming fish. Uh, also, if you've ever like looked at the back of like an uh, omega-3 supplement, you'll see typically like a ratio of EPA and DHA. We'll talk about how many grams of each are in the supplement, and usually the ratio of this is like 60% EPA and 40% DHA. There's typically more EPA than DHA. Um, so these are what are found in the fatty oils of fish. Um, and then the third one is ALA. Um, and I'll get into kind of each of these specifically. I'm not going to go into, into the details of the differences of these. It gets extremely technical very quickly. Um, so I don't want to get into the weeds there. So essentially, like extremely high level to simplify it is EPAs are essentially used by the body to create a molecule called icosinoids. Icosinoids. Um, which play a big role in, in inflammation, um, which will get into a lot of kind of inflammatory factors as it relates to omega-3, but EPA is inflammation. Just connect those two in your mind. EPA is uh, anti-inflammation, right? Is there, is they, uh, they help with inflammation? They're anti-inflammatory. Uh, anti-inflammation, yeah. yeah. DHAs, um, these are used for... Um, eye and, and brain health, essentially. Like the, a lot of DHAs are found within the eye um, and, and within the brain. So levels of those are needed to support both of those. Um, and then the uh, ALA. LA, LA, ALA is a third one. This is the, the third most common, but it's actually the most common in our diet because this one's not found in fish. This one is found actually in plant foods. Um, plant foods with the highest amount of ALA are things like flaxseed, chia seed, and walnuts, but it's also in many other plant foods as well. So if you're just a person, your average person probably consumes more ALA than any other omega-3. Uh, but ALA is actually a precursor to EPA and DHA, meaning it converts into, um, 
EPA or DHA. Now, it's my understanding fr- from that, and I don't know if you saw anything on this, that that conversion is not very efficient. So, like, people maybe mm. eat a lot of foods yeah. that contain ALA, and it's like, oh, well, it's omega-3, heart healthy, like with walnuts, but, like, I mean, right. how much is that? How much of that is actually getting converted to these other two important omega threes, DHA and EPA? Yeah, so that is the biggest problem with with ALA. Like, although we consume a bunch of it, our bodies are unfortunately very inefficient at that conversion process. So, studies have looked at this to see, okay, how much when we consume, you know, X amount of ALA, how much of it actually does end up converting into EPA and DHA. And on average, less than 10% is converted into EPA and less than 5% is converted into DHA. So, and, and those numbers, that's assuming that you have other adequate nutrients elsewhere. So like you need to have good levels of calcium, magnesium, zinc, iron, vitamin B, like you, those levels need to be uh, adequate in order for that conversion to be as efficient as possible. So even when it's as efficient as possible, it's 10% EPA and 5% DHA. So for Mm. most people, it's significantly less than that to a point where it's maybe even indetectable. Um, Then you may ask like, okay, where, where does it go? Like what happens to the LA, ALA, like the stuff that doesn't convert? Well, typically it just is basically uses energy. So it kind of is just burned off throughout the day. So it, it kind of goes nowhere. It just, it's, it's, it's used as energy. So very, even if you consume a lot of flaxseed, a lot of walnuts and you're consuming a lot of ALA, not much of it converts into EPA or DHA. So in summary here, um, EPA helps with anti-inflammation, DHA helps with brain health and eye health. These two are found in high quantities of fish, ALA, a plant-based, uh, omega-3 that it converts into EPA and DHA. It does that inefficiently, though. So that's kind of the the high level summary of here. Um, going forward, we're going to be mentioning probably EPA and DHA the most. Uh, yeah, so that's yeah. kind of a, a high level summary, and we'll get into uh, the benefits of omega three next. Yeah, I think that's actually a good segue. You mentioned DHA and brain health, and that's probably one of the most commonly cited benefits of omega threes. Uh, we've mentioned it a few times in uh, the Health Act newsletter. So one of the a couple of different components of brain health, um, just g- going to talk about cognition in general, and then we'll get into mental health. So with with cognition, there's this this idea that omega threes, adequate omega threes, can prevent or slow down cognitive decline. Uh, there has been a link between low omega-3 intake and Alzheimer's disease for years. Um, so generally those with Alzheimer's disease have, uh, or those with lower intakes of omega-3 or, or low intakes of fish tend to have higher rates of age-related cognitive decline. Now, this is epidemiological. There's no proven causation uh, at this point. Um, but there was a systematic review in 2018 that looked at a bunch of human randomized controlled trials around this. And so they basically gave people with uh, Alzheimer's disease at various stages of that progression, omega-3, and and looked at how did that impact their cognitive function. And in a lot of cases where Alzheimer's disease was was already well underway, omega-3 had no impact on the progression. So there's no improvement in cognition. But for those with early onset Alzheimer's, 
and with mild symptoms, omega-3 supplementation slowed the progression pretty significantly. So with this, it seems that, from what we know right now, it's more of a prevention method than treatment. More omega-3 intake is associated with lower levels of of age-related cognitive decline. We know, like Aaron said, that DHA is critical for early brain development. And uh, DHA actually represents about 97% of the omega-3 fatty acids in the brain. Um, uh, DHAs are an important structure in, in the brain. These fatty acids are actually building blocks of nerve cells and brain cell membranes. So it makes sense that we see such a, uh, a tight connection between omega-3s and cognition. Uh, we see this early in life, too. I've been doing a lot of reading on this just as you know, expecting a baby. Infants who have lower amounts of DHA in their diets uh, tend to have uh, reduced brain development and something Aaron alluded to, uh, worse eye vision. And very interesting, uh, breastfed infants tend to have higher IQs than formula-fed, and that's thought to be due to the, uh, the nutrients in breast milk, one of those being a major one, being omega-3s. So omega-3s are literally brain food, and unless you're eating fish regularly or, or supplementing, you're, you're probably not getting a lot of DHA and EPA. And like Aaron said, uh, DHA um, or your EPA is anti-inflammatory. Uh, omega-3s have been shown to reduce C-reactive protein and interleukin-6 to markers of inflammation uh, in human trials. So it's incredibly important for brain health, um, which is why we see it impact so much of the, the, the rest of the body, including mental health, which we'll get to. But um, it, it's why we see an imp- improvement in cognitive performance in those with uh, higher omega-3 intake. So this was something that, uh, briefly go over a study that we had in the Health Act newsletter, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, I think it was like beginning of September. Researchers took 300 young, healthy adults, uh, they, they assessed their cognitive performance and memory consolidation like before and after 26 weeks of um, daily consumption of DHA-rich oil, EPA-rich oil, or olive oil, which is just a placebo. So compared to the DHA-rich oil, which was 900 milligrams of DHA and 270 milligrams of EPA, um, and the placebo, the EPA-rich oil, which was 360 milligrams of DHA and 900 milligrams of EPA, showed improvements in accuracy of cognitive and memory tests and reaction time during cognitive tasks. So to recap that, I just said a lot of numbers there. Basically, DHA and EPA-rich oils showed improvements in memory and cognition after 26 weeks compared Speci- to placebo. And specifically when um, it's both EPA and DHA, but specifically these improvements were shown when when the dosage was higher for EPA and, and lower for DHA. Yeah. So like I mentioned earlier, a lot of supplements are like 60% EPA and, and uh, 40% DHA. That's typically a, a be- like a, a good uh, allocation between yeah. the ratio between the two. Usually EPA is a higher, uh, part of the supplement yeah. than DHA. And that's what the study showed is that when it was more DHA to, or more EPA to DHA, that's when the best effects were yep. shown. Yeah. And then I'm not sure how they calculated this, but they were able to look at neural efficiency, meaning like the brain power required to complete these cognitive tasks and those that, but in both the EPA and DHA, the brain required less energy to complete these cognitive tasks, which is super interesting. 
So omega-3 is huge for the brain, which brings us into mental health. Now, what I'm not saying, just let me give a big disclaimer. I'm not saying cut out your antidepressants or your doctor visits and go take omega-3 and you're all good. I'm not saying that. There's just been some interesting research around omega-3 and depression. Um, we talked about this connection the past couple episodes, actually. We've talked about this connection between mm-hmm. uh, nutrition and mental health. Talked about a little bit with Dr. Nicole Kane, and we did one a few episodes ago. Um, and one of these nutrients that's important for mental health is omega-3. So this was super interesting. There was a study done back in, in 2007. Now, this was a randomized controlled trial, again, of humans. And they looked at the therapeutic effect of uh, fluoxetin, which is Prozac, and uh, EPA supplementation. So they had, I can't remember how many people it was, but it was you know broken up into a placebo group and an EPA group. The EPA group was given... 1,000 milligrams of EPA, and the other group was given 20 milligrams of Prozac, and then there was another group that was given uh, you know, a combination of the two for eight weeks. The EPA and the Prozac combination was significantly better than just the, the Prozac or EPA alone, but what was interesting is that Prozac and EPA appeared to be equally effective in controlling depressive symptoms. So not only was Prozac no better than a simple EPA supplement, um, but actually the combo of the two seem to enhance the benefits of both. Like I said, we're obviously not doctors, so I don't, I, I'm not sure how psychiatrists prescribe nutri- nutrition or, or, or vitamins alongside medications, but in, in this situation, it seems like this combo, adding EPA um, to something like Prozac was, was way more effective. And in fact, like EPA was just as effective as Prozac. Um, in, in controlling depressive symptoms. And then there was a, uh, a randomized control trial in uh, 2015. The end looked at the same thing. They looked at EPA and DHA supplementation on patients with depression. So half the group took 1,400 milligrams of EPA and DHA for 21 days. The other half didn't take anything. And 67% of the supplementation group after 21 days no longer met the criteria for being depressed compared to 20% in the placebo group. So 67% no longer depressed after those 21 days, or, or no longer, actually, no longer were experiencing depressive symptoms versus 20% in the placebo group. And so they concluded that these findings suggest um, that omega-3s may alter depression and depressive symptomology in young adults in a relatively short amount of time. So I thought that was super, and there, there's a lot more on this. I mean, you, you, there's a tons, of, tons of studies around this, and I don't know uh, I don't have any experience with this. I'm not sure how psychiatrists generally deal with um, with nutrients when they're when they're talking about this kind of thing. But that's it's interesting. Uh, so some, were most of these uh, lo- mental health studies looking at like just depression specifically, or did any of them bring an- like anxiety into play? So those ones that I looked at were just looking at depression, but there's also been some research around anxiety. I would say less. I was able to find less research on omega-3s and anxiety, but there was one I, I came across and I don't have the dosage here for this study, but I'll put it in the show notes. But basically they took a group of medical students, they gave them uh, omega-3 supplementation for a number of weeks and um, found that those that took it versus those that didn't experience reduced symptoms of anxiety and less inflammation. I think they were looking at interleukin-6 at that one too. 
Um, so that one was, it, it seemed to help with anxiety as well. Okay. Um, but, but that's less studied than depression. And the, the beautiful thing about the omega threes and, uh, I think why it's like such a cool nutrient and something that more people should probably experiment with is that there's really not a downside to supplementing. Like you have to take a lot to have any side effects. And even then symptoms are mild. I'll, I'll link the, the national Institute of health omega three page. Here's what it says. The U S FDA recommends consuming no more than five, five grams a day, which is 5,000 milligrams of EPA and DHA combined from dietary supplements, which is a lot. Most supplements don't get that high. And they also said any side effects from taking omega three supplements are usually mild. They include an unpleasant taste in the mouth, bad breath, heartburn, nausea, stomach discomfort, diarrhea, headache, and smelly sweat. So very low risk. The the benefits of omega-3 supplementation far outweigh the risks because there really virtually are no risks. It's an important nutrient that our our brain desperately needs and I don't think people are getting enough of. So I think it's something to, I think it's something to try. Yeah. Well, look, we'll talk about at the end, like supplementing versus just eating more fish. Cause, um, there's a difference there between, between mm-hmm. those. So we'll get into that as to whether or not you, you should do both. Should you just do one? Um, we'll, we'll touch on kind of that at the end, but, um, are we ready to move on to the, uh, the second thing here? Yeah. Anything else with brain health? I mean, there's, there's a lot, been quite a bit of research on omega threes and brain health, but those are, I think the highlights. And there's also been a lot of studies around, um, omega threes and heart health. So you want to get in, get into that? Yeah. So yeah, heart health and brain health are really the two, the two big things as it relates to, to omega three. And with heart health, the, the findings are pretty interesting. There seems to be a, a quite a bit of evidence suggesting that a diet high in omega three improves risk factors of heart disease, but may not necessarily reduce risk of cardiac related death. Uh, which is kind of interesting, but the three areas uh, of, you know, risk factors of heart disease, it, it seems to help is it reduces triglycerides. It can lower blood pressure and increase HDL. Um, and, and the, the main one here is reducing triglycerides. This, the evidence for this is pretty strong. It has definitely the most data to support it of any of these. Even the American Heart Association actually recommends omega-3 for people with high triglycerides. They say um, the, the American Heart Association recommends, or sorry, I said AMA, I meant A H A, American Heart Association. They recommend um, two to four grams of EPA and DHA per day for patients who need to lower the, their triglycerides. Uh, they reference a, in, in where they say that, they reference a human trial that reports um, they, t- they took four grams of marine derived omega-3 per day, which decreased triglycerides by, uh, between 25 and 30%. So that's, that's fairly significant. And I think this Mm -hmm. was only a two week trial. So that was a pretty quick turnaround for that. Um, I'll mention another study related to triglycerides here in a bit, but going on to blood pressure, lowering blood pressure is another, um, potential benefit of omega-3 in heart health. There's okay evidence behind this, um, but it seems to mainly relate to people who have already had bad blood pressure or really high blood pressure to start. There's actually one interesting uh, trial here that 
looked at the difference between like real fit, real fish and supplementation. So there's, uh, it was an eight week trial with 324 overweighted individuals. So a lot of these studies, like I said, are people who are already in bad health. So they separated it, them into four groups. One ate salmon, one had cod, one had fish oil, so a supplement, and then one had just a, a control, so sunflower oil. So this was a really interesting one because I wanted to see, like, is eating fish mm-hmm. equivalent to supplementing um, or is there a benefit, benefit to taking fish oil on top of fish? So it was a f- four groups. Um, one group ate 150 grams of salmon per week, three times a week. So three servings of salmon a week, which equated to about two okay. grams of omega-3 per day. Um, salmon is known to have very high levels of omega-3. And then cod, another group ate cod, which is a, a lean fish, so does not have very much omega-3. Um, also 150 grams of cod, again, three times per week. So this And this was only 0.3 grams of omega-3. So the salmon group was two, two grams a day. Cod was 0.3 grams a day. And then the fish oil supplement, they took this daily, which was 1.3 grams a day. And then the fourth group was a control group, so they just had sunflower oil pills. So what they found was is that the the salmon group, so people who had salmon three times a week and people who took fish oil supplements, both were able to decrease their blood pressure over an eight-week period. And this is over cod and the control. So um, salmon was able to keep up with the fish oil and vice versa. So it's not surprising here the fish oil had 1.3 grams of omega-3 per day and the salmon had 2.1 grams of omega-3 per day, Mm -hmm. whereas the cod only had 0.3 and the control had none. So there's evidence here and among many other trials as well to suggest it can lower blood pressure. Again, that does seem to only be or primarily be for people who already had Mm -hmm. high blood pressure in the first place. Yeah, I can say. Um, uh, And then increasing, going back to our carnivore experience, Again, there were so many variables. Mm, yeah. I can't attribute it to directly to omega three. My blood pl- pr- my blood pressure did not change at all, and obviously, I was getting a lot of omega threes yeah. from in the yeah, animal same. foods, the eggs. I was doing some shellfish, some tuna, and my mm-hmm. blood pressure didn't change, but my tri- my triglycerides went down and my HDL went up. So, yeah, I, I think I was exactly the same there. Um, my blood pressure, I yeah. don't think it changed at all which both of us have very good blood pressures. We don't have terrible triglycerides or HDL either, but those are more flexible and they're easier mm-hmm. to, move, to move the needle on those, um, which both of ours did when we consumed high, yeah. higher levels of omega-3. So, yeah. Um, and I guess going on to increasing HDL, this is probably the least of, – of the three, it seems to be the least proven. Um, I mean, there's some evidence to suggest that you can move the needle a little bit with, with HDL but not as much as triglycerides or blood pressure. So the same study that the American Heart Association referenced with reducing triglycerides, 25 to 30%, they also looked at HDL, and it only increased HDL by around 1 wow, to 3% was, was the range yeah. they gave. So a little bit, but not, not very much. Um, then there was another study. It was a systematic review looking at 47 different studies, and they're looking at the effects on both triglycerides and cholesterol. So uh, for triglycerides here, it, it, they said the, the outcome was that it clinically significantly decreased triglycerides, which agrees with what we talked about earlier. But for HDL, it said there was just a very slight increase. Okay. 
So pretty consistent findings is that triglycerides, yes, it definitely helps. Increasing HDL, it does help, but mm. it's pretty minimal. Um, so I guess take that for what you will. Um, I think it's probably I, like okay, when it comes to heart health, it's not going to be just this one thing that fixes everything. You know, it's, I mean, omega-3s yeah. are yeah. A, a good fatty acid, but it's it's probably also like limiting processed foods and sugar and rancid seed oils. Mm-hmm. Like those things are all going to impact. So just the addition of one thing, I mean, it may help. Um, and obviously it's it's better than nothing, but I don't think, I think you're going to have a hard time finding something that just solves all your problems. Um, I thought, yeah. Well, yeah, I think bringing the omega-6 into the discussion is, uh, I, I think a lot of times, well, I guess back up. We, I don't know if we talked about this in this episode yet. Uh, we talked about this in Health Act. We did a post on this where eating omega-3 kind of offset some of the damage done by processed food, which processed foods are very, very high in omega-6. Um, and the issue of a diet that's high in omega-6 but low in omega-3 is that it, it it's ripe for inflammation in the body and all types of, of diseases. And this kind of is a, is a shift in the modern diet of having a diet very high in omega-6 but very low in omega-3. That did not used to be the case. Um, it's estimated or predicted that back in the day, the diet consisted of a one-to-one ratio of omega-3 and omega-6. That's kind of what it's assumed that people used to eat. Now that has shifted to be anywhere from a 1 to 10, 1 to 20 relationship, meaning a 1 being the omega-3 and, and the 10 or 20 being the omega-6, meaning we consume much more omega-6 than omega-3. Um, so processed foods are very high in omega-6, and then obviously fish and healthy foods are high on omega-3. One, I guess, approach to take here and is the wrong approach, we're going to argue, is that some people will just take omega-3 or eat fish to try to offset their terrible diet that's high in omega-6. And I think that's a, a bad approach to take. Like if you're consuming a lot of omega-6s, don't just jack up your omega-3 intake to get that ratio to be one-to-one. I think it's more important to back off of the omega-6s. Like you're going to see a lot more benefits from backing off the omega-6s, backing off the the processed foods, getting the, that intake lower while still yeah. maintaining a good omega-3. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's obviously like if you're eating a diet of processed foods, adding omega-3 is better than nothing, but you're going to get a, like Aaron was saying, it's really going to be better if you uh, you do both. You know, you're, you're increasing that those omega-3s, mm-hmm. anti-inflammatory fatty acids, and then backing off those in a high inflammatory. So, and it is worth saying that that trial was in mice. It was an interesting study. I'd be curious to see how that impacts. Yeah, humans. that's true. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So what about, uh, let's talk about finding high quality, uh, sources, uh, sources of omega three between like both fish and supplement. Like, uh, what's, what's a good source? For yeah. Both of those? So I'll talk about the supplements, you want to look for the fish that you want to yeah. look for is sort. You want to make sure the fish is sourced from um, sustainable source, small cold water fish. That would be like sardines or anchovies. Those are very high in omega three, and generally, 
they're sourced from the right place, more clean, so less mercury and toxins. And a bottle, a supplement should tell you where where it came from. Like anchovies is a, is a common one. The one I take is uh, sourced from cold water anchovies. That, extremely high. I think that is maybe the highest fish in, uh, cleanest fish, I guess, in omega-3, I think. Um, like we had kind of already talked about, bioavailability, obviously, like, from fish is going to be more bioavailable than from a plant, but you can, I mean, you can get some, some omega-3s from, uh, like, walnuts, flax seeds, hemp seeds, we already talked about that. The, the conversion from ALA to these other omega-3s, DHA and EPA, is pretty poor. But if you are plant-based and you're looking for a plant-based source, algae is a good source for a DHA. I actually throw some out. Al- you can get algae powder on Amazon. I throw it in my smoothie. Nice little boost of DHA. Downside there is it a lot of times it doesn't contain EPA, so you're missing out on that. But it's a good, good plant-based source for DHA. Another thing to look for that this does not get talked about very often when it comes to omega-3 supplementation is the form that it's in. So there's there's the way it's made impacts its bioavailability, and it's made either through... Uh, and just to clarify, bioavailability is like how yes. much you a- actually absorb. So if you like take a, a two-gram capsule of omega-3, your body's not like absorbing all of that um, all of that nutrients, not the, the full two grams, like mm-hmm. it's only a fraction of it. Um, so you want what is along with it in that capsule affects yeah. how well your body yeah. absorbs it. And another part of another thing that impacts that is how it's made. So there's a, a triglyceride form and an ethyl ester form. The, the ethyl ester form is cheaper and you basically have to take an additional step. I won't go through the whole manufacturing process, but you have to take an additional step to bring it back to its triglyceride form. That's more expensive. But look for that on the bottle because you're getting more for your money. It's When it's in triglyceride form, it's actually about 70% more bioavailable. And if it's in the ethyl ester form, I'm not sure that's going to be like advertised, but if it's in the triglyceride form, which is kind of like a bonus, that should be labeled on the bottle somewhere. And then finally on dosing, um, did you have anything else in terms of like what to look for? Um, uh, let's just talk about, uh, maybe do you want to do this now or later, talk about whether you need to supplement if you are, yeah, are yeah, let's get already that, eating that fish. Yeah, that kind of has to do with dosing. Okay. So uh, let's see. I guess do you, how much – how many milligrams or grams are in like a typical supplement? Like the one you take, I Nordic think yours Naturals. is from Nordic, uh, yeah, Nordic Naturals. And that's a very high quality one. So like how much would one capsule be? How many grams? And how yeah, often I think does it's, it take uh, it? like 12 or 13, 1280 milligrams of omega-3s, 650 milligrams of EPA, 450 milligrams of DHA, and then 180 milligrams of other omega-3s. It's like 1280 total. Yeah. Okay. One point, so one point, two, one point, three. one point three grams of omega three yep. daily. Um, I want to pull that study up again because I think it was almost exactly that in the supplement. That, yeah, one point three. So like, I, I, this is why I wanted to like talk about this study specifically because 
Uh, in the study, they they did salmon, which salmon is also very high in omega three. So 150 grams of salmon three times a week equated to 2.1 grams of omega three per day. And then the official fish oil supplement they used was 1.3 grams per day, which is the same that you take and is as a common rough estimate of what a lot of capsules have. So in this case, salmon three times a week was was more omega-3 than the supplement mm-hmm. and as effective. So I think if you are getting, and it, it totally depends on how much fish right. you're eating, what type of fish, how clean it is, how what the quality is. But I mean, I think just a to simplify it in a general rule of thumb, like if you're eating a, a, a meal, a seafood meal that's high in omega three, two to three times yeah. a week, like then you're probably getting plenty of omega three and would not need yeah. to supplement it. Would you? Would you agree with that? Yeah, like I know. I think that's times that's a, a good rule of thumb. I I don't eat fish very often. I need to eat more. I before I move, our mm-hmm. everything got all screwed up when I moved. But um, generally, it was like once a week. <laughs> so on a day that I was eating fish, okay. I obviously wouldn't supplement. Um, but yeah, okay. I think that's a good. I think that's a good rule of thumb. Like if you're if you're eating fish two to three times a week, probably don't need to supplement. If you're not eating any fish, probably need to supplement daily, and then everything in between. And most mm-hmm. of the studies, I mean, like you said, in yeah. terms of the supplementation are between like a thousand to two thousand milligrams or or one to two grams of combined epa and dha and so i think that's a good target Mm -hmm. in most supplements so look for you know at least a thousand milligrams combined you know target i'd say higher on the epa side generally that's how they're made like i don't know five or six mine is 650 milligrams of epa and 450 milligrams of dha and, you know, you want to look for good quality. It should say where it's sourced from, cold water, you know, freshwater fish, not freshwater, cold water. Um, and it should say the type of fish that it was sourced from. So I take Nordic Naturals Ultimate Omega. It's not super cheap, but it's not super expensive. I can get 60 pills, which is like 30 days worth for 24 bucks. And if you get a bigger bottle, it's a little cheaper. So I generally do like the 90 pill bottle. Um, and yeah, that, that has good dosing. It's, it's good quality. It's in triglyceride form. And I've, uh, I feel comfortable taking that and it's relatively affordable. Keon Omegas, uh, Ben Greenfield's company just started putting out Omegas high quality as well. It's just, it's expensive. So Nordic Naturals is kind of good middle of the road for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it depends just how often you eat fish on whether like you should buy this because i mean it's not it's not cheap especially if you are already supplementing with like things people typically supplement with like zinc, vitamin c yeah. vitamin d uh zinc and magnesium like those are fairly common supplements and like adding this to the stack and maybe you already take creatine yep. and collagen like yeah it does get really expensive and and this is i think one practical area where it's very easy like with vitamin c it's not necessarily easy to find like one food that has a ton of it whereas this like Fish, like it's basically only found in fish. So you can just go eat fish and you know you're getting a sufficient amount. So I think this is one supplement where it's an easier one to exclude from your supplement stack and um, just get it from the natural source. Plus, you're not getting like when you eat salmon or uh, anchovies, you're not getting 
just the omega-3 benefit like you're getting a ton of other yeah no that, i think that well. is a great point there are some vitamins where it's just hard like with vitamin d if you're in the midwest in the winter you can't get vitamin d so you have to supplement with that um right the takeaway here mm -hmm. is like get some form of omega-3 somewhere you know if you can't mm -hmm. supplement yeah. like get some sort of fish and i know not everyone can afford to get like the highest quality but like um if you can't get it from fish or if you can't get it from like the you know the cold water sustainably sourced fish like sardines or anchovies you know maybe mm -hmm. look for some frozen salmon or something like that's a pretty good source of omega-3 if you can't get that i mean meat like just red meat has good omega-3s not as good as fish um right. shellfish yeah. those are those are going to be more expensive mm -hmm. um I know you can get like at uh, like Aldi's now carries, or I don't know how long they've carried it, but I, I noticed that they carried actually like wild caught salmon, yeah. like frozen wild caught salmon. They carry other fish too, like I think okay. they carry a, a frozen cod, which like just know what what fish you're getting because salmon's a lot more superior than cod. So um, yeah, you can get frozen wild caught salmon like yeah. decently cheap. Yeah, so, just get your omega threes from somewhere because um, it's so you, important you can, for for brain health and like we, yeah, you know we've had. I mean, our our grandparents, most of your grandparents probably have suffered from some sort of age-related cognitive decline. And, um, I mean, brain health, mm -hmm. mental health is just heart health. I mean, it's all so important and, and the cause of so many chronic illnesses. So get your omega-3s from somewhere. Um, I, I get, the more I read on it, the more I'm convinced this is, like, just one of the most important things that, you know, we need. I mean, among other things. It's all yeah. important, but... Just lately, I've been on <laughs> yeah. this omega three kick. Yeah, it's it's also kind of hard to like. Sometimes it's hard to justify these things, like buying these expensive foods and expensive supplements, because with with these, you don't necessarily see these immediate benefits. It's not like you take an omega three and like within a week or two, you're like, oh, I can think so well. Or I you feel might so though. Some of these sharp. like some of these. It's not necessarily depression and anxiety. It was some like studies a few weeks do show that. Yeah, people. I don't know. Yeah, for the for mental health, it potentially could kick in immediately. Um, for somebody who's already like in decent shape, you might not notice a difference and, and might feel like it's like a waste of money. Um, and I get that. Like I feel like that with some of my supplements. Like I take vitamin C, D, and zinc, and like if I miss it for a week, it's not like I feel different. But I know if like I don't if I have inadequate levels of vitamin yeah. D for a few years, like that's gonna no definitely that's it's going all to about these like long term deficiency is like they some of these things yeah. take a long time to show mm -hmm. themselves and by the time they do i mean the effects can be pretty severe and it can take a long time to get back to recover so just right yeah it's just right. all about trying to get you know adequate nutrition today so that we don't run to issues down the road later on mm -hmm. all right well that was a little bit long. I know we rambled a lot, but thank you all for listening. Hope you got something out of this. Go subscribe to Health Hacked if you're not already. We, we're putting out the latest research on this stuff so you can uh, stay informed. Thanks for listening. Have a good... Oh, wait. Halloween's past. Whatever. Have a good week, y'all. <laughs>